0: If you would like us as a church to pray for you, please email prayer at springmount.church Or sign up on our website for monthly news straight to your inbox. I want to start off this morning a bit like Paul Hardingham really. Uh, not doing a financial report, don't worry. I'm not going to bore you. But... uh, Paul always makes them interesting by doing a few sort of catchphrases. You remember the programme Catchphrase? And I did think, because we've got uh, Kat Hardingham here this morning, who's Irish, I did think she could do a bit of a Roy Walker for us, but uh, apparently that's Northern Irish. I said, well, to us here, it's all Irish. But maybe I shouldn't say that, especially not on camera. I'm very sorry if I've offended anybody. But there's a couple of pictures just to get us into the mood for things this morning. So I want you to tell me when you see the first one, hopefully it'll come up on the screen. There we go. Don't shout out. Okay, that's important. Put your hand up if you think you know what it is. Okay, there's a few people. Guy, what do you think it is? It's good, but it's not right. Um, okay, uh, anyone, I'm looking for someone who's not got their hand up. <laughs> Steve, what is it? Way, that's catchphrase, well done. Falling on deaf ears, because Mr. Chips, he's waving. He's falling on deaf ears. Deaf ears, yeah, it's not very good, but it's, it was all right. What about this one? Okay, again, don't shout out. Put your hand up if you know what it is. And then I'll choose somebody who's not got the hand up. Okay. Kaz, what is it? Lots of Sorry? Lots of issues. Lots of issues. It's good, but it's not right. Um, that's, the me- that's the message this morning, okay, just in case. Uh, AJ, AJ? Not, cl- that's not good, all right. No, not got a clue. Um, go on, Babs. Tennis, Tennis shoes. Turn it, oh, oh, yeah, it's awful. <laughs> so, the reason for starting with that is that Roy Walker of Catchphrase had his own catchphrases. One was, say what you see. I'd ask Kat to shout it out, but obviously, it's not Northern Irish. But, uh, say what you see, I can't do it either, it's all right. Um, and the other one was, it's good, but it's not right. Even if it was rubbish, their guess, he would always say, it's good, but it's not right. Because the thing about success in catchphrase, it wasn't being good wasn't enough. Okay, being good wasn't what it was all about. You had to be right to be successful. You had to be right to succeed. So, being good in itself isn't enough. We need to be right. And today we've been looking at these names of God. Let's just have a recap. Anybody want to tell us the first one? Now you can shout out. Jehovah Jireh means our provider, God our provider, the Lord that provides. Not, not, not all at once. <laughs> That's good, but it's not right. Um, Marie? El Shaddai, what does that mean? The Almighty. the Almighty God, Almighty God, yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll give you the name, you tell me the meaning, otherwise we're going to be here all morning. Adonai means. Master, the one who is our master. Jehovah Nissi is... The Lord, our banner, the one that goes before the one we are clinging to. Jehovah Rapha or Rapha, The Lord is our healing. And Jehovah... Last week we had Jehovah Mechadash, Mechadash, which Joel said sounded like some old ladies going to the bingo. But uh, Jehovah Mechadash, I think it is, is the pronunciation. Mechadash, Lorraine, Mecha, Bingo. Uh, okay, no, Mecca never Never mind. I can see the confusion on people's faces. So today, we hit number eight in our 12 name series. Next month, we've got a couple of guest speakers coming. And last week, wasn't it good last week to hear people share? Yeah? And actually, yeah, yeah, give them another round of applause if you want to. Yeah. But do you know what was also really exciting last week is that the house groups, the connect groups, they shared as well. And actually, there's some amazing things going on. So if you're not in one... Why not? Be in one, because it's encouraging. I know people who've just started coming to church who have now joined, who have said, this is brilliant. So get in a connect group. Jehovah Sid Kenyu is today's name. Jehovah Sid Kenyu, which means the Lord is our righteousness, the Lord who makes us right, if you like. So he's not just good, he's right. It's not good, but he's right. So we're going to look at quite a few passages of scripture this morning, so if you've got your Bible with you, you might need to flick around and turn to them, otherwise they will be on the screen. But Job, chapter 25, verses 1 to 6, if you've never read the book of Job, it's, it's quite a difficult book. It's about a man who loses everything, and he has these encouragers that come along to comfort him, but actually they are far from encouraging. Maybe we all know somebody a bit like that. Who comes along with good intentions but actually makes us feel lousy? But Job 25 also features the smallest man in the Bible. Then Bildad the Shoe Height, <laughs> anyway, then Bildad the Shoe Height replied, <laughs> "Sorry, I'll stop with the jokes now. Honest, I think dominion and awe belong to God. He establishes order in the heights of the heaven. Can His forces be numbered? On whom does His light not rise?" It starts off by saying, God is awesome. God is that almighty, yeah, the Al Shaddai. Then verse four, he asks it in question, how then can a mortal be righteous before God? In other words, how can we be right with God? That's a question we all need to ask. It's a question that was asked in this book of Job. How can we be right with God? Not just good, but made right. How can one born of woman be pure? Even if the moon is not bright and the stars are not pure in his eyes, how much less a mortal who is but a maggot, a human being who is only a worm. This guy's supposed to be encouraging him. You're just a worm. You're just a maggot. Is that encouraging if you weren't feeling so good and you lost everything? But the question in the middle is the important thing. How can we be right with God? How can we be right? God the Almighty, God the Creator, God the Holy One, God who is Master, how can we be right? It's supposed to be a different way. Bildad calls Job a maggot and a worm. But he's saying that God is huge, that God is sovereign, that God is Almighty. Our God is a great big God. We used to sing that, don't we? Oh, very good, Stephen, yeah. Our God is a great big God. And the other one we sang was, still has time for. Tiny little me. Well done, the people who remember back in the day. Tiny little me. Our God is a great big God, but he still has time for tiny little me. But how do we get right? How do we made right before God? How can we be righteous before God? Who on earth are we? Well, Jeremiah prophesied of someone that would not just make us good, but make us right. Jeremiah chapter 23, verses five to six says this. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, a king who will reign wisely and do what is just and right in the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will live in safety. This is the name by which he will be called, the Lord, our righteous savior. The one who saves will make us right. The one who saves will make us right, not just good, but right. You don't want to hear Roy Walker, it was good, but it wasn't right. We want to hear God saying, you're right with me. You're right with me. The Lord, our righteous saviour, the one who makes us right, God who puts everything right, it says in the message version. His name will be God who puts everything right, not just us, but everything. Isn't that something to look forward to? Because it's clearly not now, is it? It's clearly not now but god says right now in his eyes we can be right not just good we can be right so how would we go about putting things right how would you go about putting things right what would you do maybe you'd make amends maybe you know i heard this morning that i was being called pudsey bear okay stephen pacey and the reason was, because I, I didn't realise, it wasn't Pond. Me and Johnny, both of us, have got matching masks and props, okay? And Stephen said, I look like Pudsey Bear. Well, he's good, but he's not right, is he? Because Pudsey Bear wouldn't be like that, in fairness. Okay? Pudsey Bear wouldn't be that way. But how do you make amends? Stephen, you're going to come and say, sorry for being rude. How would you make amends? You might go and repay a debt. You might go and fix something you've broken. Yeah? You might go and repair something. My brother once was on holiday, and I was at home, and me and his friend decided we would move his car. I didn't have his keys, and I rolled his car down the driveway and snapped his aerial on his Polo. And I didn't tell him for ages, because I tried to make amends by just finding somewhere that would fix it. And actually, he never knew until I told him. The annoying thing was, at first, his aerial was a black matte colour, and the only one I could get was silver. So I tried my best and me and Ian Fogg went round to make amends. We repaired it, we put it right. And he didn't know anything about it because we would put it right until I told him that we'd done it. Probably when I was married and had children (laughs) friends. So I confessed my sins, I confessed what I did, I repented. Maybe it's a financial cost, maybe it's to change our ways. Maybe that's how we make amends, to change our ways. To change how we've done things or do things. Or maybe, Stephen, it's simply to say sorry. And to prove it with our actions. It's no good. We've got a foster lad who's 15. He says sorry quite a lot. His mouth says it. But actually, we've got to prove it with our actions, haven't we? It's no good saying sorry. We've got to prove it. But there are two problems. Because these are all the ways we associate with getting right, isn't it? Yeah? Would you agree? Those are all things we would do to put things right. But there's two problems with that. One, the Bible says that God alone is righteous. That only God is right. And our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Literally, menstrual cloths. That's nice to think about on a Sunday morning. Our, even the best we can do is like filthy rags because it's not right. It might be good, but it's not right. Is that, am I getting any worse? I'm sorry, Kat. I apologise to your... Well, it's not even your nation. It's the north, isn't it? The Bible says God alone is righteous. So doing all those things are good, but they're not right. Both of them together is brilliant, isn't it? Good and right. But we need, first of all, to be made right. Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 24, in the New Living Translation, says this. But now, God has shown us a way to be made right with him. So if you wanted to know how to be made right with God... It's here, in the Bible. I don't need to say much more. It says, God has shown us a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law as was promised in the writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We are made right with God by, and here it is, everybody. Here it is. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. As the meerkats would say, get your car insurance with me, No. Simple, yeah? Let me say that again. If you're in any confusion as to what God wants, we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he's already made the amends. He's paid the debt. He's taken our apologies. He's taken our problems and our sin and our, our issues. And he's taken it not just on the cross, but he's beaten it in resurrection. The only way to be made right Is by faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. So none of you are worse than me or better than me. This is right for everybody. How exciting is that this morning? Let's stop and go home. How do you get made right with God? Through Jesus. Through Jesus. And it's the same for everyone who does it. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in his grace, freely, no cost, no, hit, no catch, makes us right in his sight. Do you want to be right with God? Do you want him to see you as right? Yeah, I've got a little plaque at home. Somebody from the Pays team bought me, and it says, gents to the left, because women are always right. Okay. Now I thought about this when I came into church and I thought about the people who designed this building and actually when you come through the front door, somebody's got this on because gents are on the left and the ladies are on the right. However, when you go the other way, it changes. So I want to just point out, nobody is always right all the time other than God. And he sees us as right. Why? Because of faith in Jesus. Yeah? Yeah simple we complicate things don't we and actually some of you in this room who are christians will go away today thinking i'm still not good enough i'm still not good enough god says rubbish i've made you right why because of jesus nothing you can do or nothing you have done can change that if you've accepted jesus christ through faith that's what it says there yeah yeah some of you are sitting there going no johnny there's got to be more to this no there isn't simple through faith his grace freely makes us right in his sight he did this how did he do it through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty for our sins you're free if you've come to him through faith you're free there's no penalty anymore the the enemy will whisper in your ear that those things you've done will still come back and bite you they won't because Jesus has made amends he's paid the penalty he's paid the price It's good, but it's not right. Jesus says, you are good, and you are right. You are good. Jesus has done it all. Faith in him. Every single one in this room has made mistakes. But he has done it. Yeah? He has done it. Do you know, the prodigal son story is very familiar, isn't it? Yeah, one son leaves home, basically says to his dad, I wish you were dead, give us my inheritance, and he squanders it on wild living, it says in one of the versions, okay? To many of us, that might be different things. You know, to some of you, wild living might be, you know, going at 73 miles an hour on the motorway. But to this man, wild living was prostitution, sex, drugs, rock and roll, probably sausage rolls, who knows? But this son leaves the father's house, squanders everything, wastes everything that's been given, what he realizes, it says he came to his senses. He realized the emptiness of his life and that he was better off with his dad, even if he had to go home and be a servant or a slave. Yeah. So he practices this prayer all the way home going, God, I'm uh, Father, I'm sorry I've done this. I'll just be a slave. So it says this in Luke chapter 15, verses 20 to 24. He's on his way home, muttering this prayer going, God, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And I want to point something out here. There are people of us who are Christians who've been brought up in certain ways, who are probably still stuck in that walk back to the Father's house, muttering the prayer over and over again. Yeah, feeling we're not good enough. Keep praying to God. Said, "Oh, actually, God, you might not have dealt with that one. I did in 1929. That's obviously not me. I'm not old enough." Some of us are stuck on that journey back to the Father's house when we should be at the party. Okay, we should be in the celebration because He has done it. He has done it. It goes on, Luke 15, verses 20 to 24. So the son returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, this is the prayer he's been practicing. Maybe you're still doing this prayer. Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Maybe that's us. I'm not worthy, I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough. If I said to you, raise your hands if you've ever thought this week that you're not good enough, I'd bet at least 50% of us would put our hands up. You don't have to. I could put my hand up. Because the enemy works by telling you a lie. God says you are worthy. This son is stuck in a lie. He's saying, Father, I've sinned against heaven and you and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. What does the father do? Quick. Says to the servants, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast for this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he's found. So the party began. We're still stuck in the father I've sin against heaven and against you. When actually there's a party we can be part of. Because you're not a servant or a slave or you're not an outsider, you're a son. And even if you're a woman this morning, you're a son. Let me explain why. He was given a robe. Now often, I don't know if you've heard this story, probably many times, we often lump the three gifts together and just go, oh, that's nice, isn't it? He was, he was brought back into the party. But the significance to the three things. The robe was the best. And actually, it was probably the father's own robe. He was clothed with his dad's clothing. Who's our dad? God. You're clothed with the father's robe if you've accepted him. You've, he put it on you. He, was, he looked. And he, not only was he made right, he looked right because he had his dad's robe on. Yeah? Second thing was the ring. He was given the ring. What was the ring? Well, the ring was how they used to sign the papers to seal the deal. It was the authority of the dad. The ring gave him authority. His instructions were important. His word was important. So he looked right, he was made right, and he sounded right. Because God had given him those things. God had given him authority. And the third thing, and I think this is really important. I didn't know this. And actually, the third thing, I think some of us are walking around barefoot. We've got the robe, we've said, yes, I know I'm my fathers, I know God is my dad. Yes, I know I've got his authority. I know his word is true. But what were the sandals symbolic of? Well, only fathers and sons were allowed to wear sandals. The servants weren't. The slaves weren't. Only the dad and his sons were allowed to wear the shoes. I think that's amazing. Because everywhere he went, not only is he recognised and seen as right, and given the authority of righteousness... He was walking on it. He was standing in it. And he was putting on the shoes of the father. He was recognized not as a slave, but as free. Do you want freedom? Put the shoes on. Accept what he's got to give you. He wants to clothe you with his robe. He wants to give you his signet ring. And he wants you to put your shoes on. So that you can stand before him, knowing you're a son who inherits all. As I say, I think some of us have got most of it but forgotten to put the shoes on. Yeah? We're not walking as a son or a daughter. We're still stuck. We know we've got his robe. We know we've got his authority. Let's carry on. Who's made you right? Jesus. He has done it. What did Jesus say? It is finished. That old way of life is past. It's done. As soon as you accept Jesus, you become Right. That's what this word means. Jehovah Sid, can you? He has done it, made, created, sorted by his actions. You, everyone, made right in God's eyes. It's not, I have made you right, or I will make you right, or I might make you right. It's not, that's not what God says. He says, I have made you right. Jehovah Sid, can you? I have made you right. I am the Lord that makes you right. Or you're just happy being good. You won't win catchphrase. And God says, I have made you right. How? By accepting new life in Jesus through faith. So as we finish, what are the benefits? And I'm giving you hope there, because it's a little way off. But the last section, what are the benefits of being made right? Because you can do it yourself, but that's self-righteousness. Through all your good stuff, that's you saying, aren't I good? We're here to say that God is good. We're here to show that God is good. And we're here to reflect his glory. Isaiah chapter 32, verses 16 to 18, says this. The Lord's justice will dwell in the desert. His righteousness will live in the fertile field. In other words, God's present in both those seasons. Whether you're in a desert... Or in a place of fruitfulness, God is there. The fruit of that righteousness—this is the benefits of being right—will be peace. He wants peace. The fruit of His righteousness is peace. Its effect will be quietness and confidence forever. What a promise! What a promise! Peace, quietness, and confidence forever. My people will live in peaceful dwelling places, in secure homes, in undisturbed places of rest. Wow. How do we get it? By being made right. Instead of just trying to be good. Instead of striving. Do you know, God is not impressed with our performance. And I don't mean the worship band. Okay? Some of us sometimes a bit, who's a bit of a perfectionist? Okay, yeah? Some of us want it to be perfect, but only God is perfect. You know, I prove it every week. I don't, I don't do it accidentally, I do it on purpose. I prove every week by forgetting the words and playing wrong notes, just, just to make you feel better, you know? That's not true at all. Sorry, God. <laughs> but I'm already made right, so it's okay. I've got the shoes. We make mistakes. Why? Because we've still got that human part of us. We've still got that part of us that is struggling with temptation. But God is not impressed with our performance. He just wants us to present ourselves to him. Our worship on a Sunday morning isn't supposed to be the most polished, perfect, note-worthy performance. It's supposed to be a heart cry saying, God, we love you. God, we want to put you above it all. God, we can't do this, but you can. That's what it is. And actually, when we stop and we just hear the voices raised, isn't it beautiful? It's better than watching it on YouTube. That's good, but it's not right. Sorry, everybody. Isn't it better to be in the building? Yeah? Do you want to say it louder so they all agree? Yes. Yes. It is. It's better to be here because we can sing and join together. Otherwise, we're like a little lump of coal on our own, and we're never going to burn. We're never going to be on fire. We need to be together god is not impressed with our performance he just wants us to present us ourselves to him he is not interested in our striving he just wants our stillness and surrender he just wants our stillness and surrender be still and know that i am god be still do you know we don't need to be anxious because it rests on him for us to be right and not us we don't need to be worried about that salvation because it's all on him. It's all been laid on him. Your past, your present, your future is all on him. I love it when everyone gets really... Excited. Marie, you're... I'm going to just look at you, Marie. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> Our efforts are good, but they're not right. What is it, Kat? But they're not right. Is that right? I'm, I'm close. Our intentions may be good, but they're not right. Maybe we struggle to see this fruit in our lives. Maybe the struggle not to see it is because it's all dependent on us instead of being dependent on him. Because it's him, Jehovah Sid Kenyu, that makes us right. We don't need to strive. Now, I am going to finish now, honest. This week, I phoned my mum and dad. And my mum insists on being on video call because she wants to see me. I said, go on YouTube, you can see me every Sunday. (laughs) And I said to my mum, wasn't there a song, and all the oldies in the building now are going, oh yes, I remember this song. I said, wasn't there a song that somebody used to sing at church back in the day called Jehovah Sid Kenyu? Because I can't, it's a bizarre one to remember, isn't it? But I can remember this name, Jehovah Sid Kenyu, and I'm like, why would I remember that? So my mum said, oh yes, it was a song, and then she started to sing it to me. Well, that wasn't good, all right. Um, <laughs> she even offered last night to record it so I could play it all to you, but I've saved you from that one, okay? <laughs> Mum, I love you, and I'm sure I got my musical ability from you, but hey. But when I, when I asked her about it, there were two verses that strang out. It says these. These are the two verses. When free grace awoke me by light from on high, then legal fears shook me I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety in self could I see. Jehovah said, "Can you?" My saviour must be. It starts off by saying Jehovah said, "Can you?" Meant nothing to me. And actually, when I came in this morning, if I said, if I said to you, Jehovah said, "Can you?" You'd be like, that means nothing to me. So it's true. Actually, Jehovah "Kenya, my saviour, must be. And the next verse says, My terrors all vanished before the sweet name. My guilty fears banished. With boldness I came to drink at the fountain, life-giving and free. Jehovah Sidkenyu is all things to me. It's the progress of someone being made right. Not just good, but right. That's the change we need to grasp, that it's all about him. If you're not a Christian this morning, if you've never come to Jesus as your saviour, just accept his righteousness instead of trying to make it yourself. That's what it said in those verses, that it's all about accepting him through faith. If you are a Christian today, it isn't about performance or striving or how good you can be or how good you aren't. It's recognising that he has made you right. He has Made you right. He has made you right. He has made you. I'm going to do this until we get to the end. He has made you I feel like Bruce Forsyth. Put on your provision. The robe, the ring, and the sandals. Isaiah 61, verses 10 to 11 say this. I delight greatly in the Lord... My soul rejoices in my God. Why? For he has clothed me with garments of salvation and arrayed me in a robe of his righteousness. As a bridegroom adorns his head like a priest, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the soil makes the sprout come up, and a garden causes seeds to grow, so the sovereign Lord, the Lord Almighty, causes righteousness. And praise to spring up before nation. It's not about me, and it's not about you, it's all about him. Jehovah Sid you, who makes you right. It's simple this morning. How can we be made right? The sovereign Lord, Adonai, El Shaddai, can make you not just good, but can make you right. Seen as a son. Seen as not a slave. Seen as someone with authority. Because he is Jehovah's Sid can you? Let's pray. Just want you to picture, as you bow your heads and perhaps close your eyes, I want you to picture that, that scene that we have just read in Isaiah. A bridegroom and a bride... We've said before that your wedding day in that way, that's the day that you should look your best because you've been made up, you've had time spent on you, you've had the best clothes put on you maybe and actually it's a day, even if it's simple, and that picture there is saying God sees you as the best. He sees you as right. It doesn't matter your past, it doesn't matter where you've been, it matters where you're going. And he says, you are my son, you are my daughter. Stop praying that prayer of unworthiness. If you've given your life to him, join the party. Join the party. Recognize that you're not just identifying with him in his death and the punishment, you're identifying with him in his resurrection. You are raised to new life, new life. Change, transformation. Not through our efforts, but because he has made us right. Father God, I thank you that you are Jehovah's Sid Kenya. I thank you that our efforts, it might be good, and we will serve you more when we love you more. But Father God, it's not about that. It is about your righteousness that sets us free and promises peace, confidence, quietness, promises stillness. So, Father God, let us stop looking at other things and instead look to the heavens and look to you. In Jesus' name, amen.